as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been born blind. Disciples asked him, Rabbi, why? Why was this man born blind? Legitimate question, don't you think? Maybe one that you have asked in a similar way. At an occasion where you met someone who did not possess some ability that you perhaps possess and value. Why was she born with a heart murmur? Why was he born with one less chromosome than everybody else? Why can't she stand? Why can't he speak? You know, these questions and others like them, while spoken with compassion and empathy, reveal what is, I believe, an unconscious bias. You see, we often evaluate others based upon our own self-perception. You see, I evaluate you based on me. I evaluate you and compare you based upon my physical and mental and emotional and, and even spiritual aptitude. And if you don't have what I have, or if you can't do what, what I do, and, and if you don't have what others like me have, or can't do what others like me can do, then, then I wonder why. Why do you struggle with addiction? Why can't you hold a job? Why do you always lose your temper? Why can't you understand math? Why can't you make the team? Why do you cry so much? Why are you always depressed? We look at others and we compare them to ourselves thinking that we are the level of perfection. This is my friend Amber. I met her last week. Some of you met her as well. She was a part of our Miss Beautiful pageant and when it came time to have the talent portion of the program, she stood here in this very spot and she demonstrated a talent that I do not have. She signed a song of praise to God. Now I've seen others who are able to, to use sign language and there have been times in my life where I have tried to, to learn different types of, of sign language, even with, with song because it seems like maybe it, it comes more familiar when you're able to capture the, the sign and the song, but it's just something that, that I just have a hard time. My, my mind can't tell my hands what to do at the right time, but she didn't have a problem. In fact, she did it beautifully. And she reminded me last week of something that I think it's important for all of us to hear. We are all born imperfect. You see, each of us is born somewhere on the scale of imperfection. Each of us is lacking physical, mental, or emotional traits that others seem to have and then just end up taking for granted because it's just something that they can do naturally. 
And the question then comes then, how do we respond to individuals? How do we act around those who at least when we first see them, our natural comparison default allows us to feel that somehow we are more perfect. Well, here's the question the disciples ask. They ask Jesus, this blind man, is he blind because of his own sins or is it because of his parents' sins? Never mind that he was a beggar that was in need of help. Never mind that the man had spent his entire life in a dark cave. Never mind that he was sitting there within earshot of this conversation. No, let's talk about sin. And let's talk about the way he must have messed up. Let's talk about the way his family must be being punished for something. You see, the rabbis had developed this principle. It was a principle that said there is no death without sin and there is no suffering without iniquity. And they had developed this way of thinking that said, well, you know what, it's capable of a child to sin in the womb or even is that a soul could maybe even sin in a pre-existent state. And then because of that sin, when that soul would then be meshed with, with flesh and blood, there would be a punishment that would come. And if it wasn't the sin of that particular soul, certainly it must be the sin of the parents, the mom, the dad. They did something, maybe in their childhood, maybe as teenagers, as young adults, something was wrong with their relationship. Now you hear a response like that and maybe you wonder, how can individuals be so harsh? How can people be so insensitive as to look at someone else who was not like them and then to ask and to wonder, well, what did they do to deserve this? Why so blind? Maybe the answer is something that you and I aren't going to like to hear, but I think it's the truth. It's easier to talk about a person than it is to help a person. You know, it's easier to debate homosexuality than to be a friend to a gay person. It's easier to discuss divorce than to help those who have gone through that. It's easier to argue against abortion than to support an orphanage. It's easier to complain about the welfare system than to help the poor. I guess fact of the matter is it's just easier to label than it is to love. It just comes a lot easier to us. And don't you guys just love it when other people label you before they even are able to meet you or have any kind of conversation with you? Oh, so you're a millennial, snowflake, right? So you're an accountant, snooze. So you're an Episcopalian, must be a liberal. I didn't know you were divorced. I bet they're immoral. You're an evangelical, narrow-minded Trump supporter. So you're a preacher. <laughs> I'll let you fill that one in. <laughs> I mean, what if God did that with us? I mean, really, what if God treated us in that way? 
judged us by our outward appearance, our ability, made some snap decision about us all because of our age or because of where we grew up or what we do for a living? What if God judged us based on the mistakes that we made when we were teenagers or in college? What if God had a height requirement? What if his acceptance was based on your ACT score? You think you take it a lot now. And if God acted like that, well, he would be acting just like, just like me. And just like you. I'm thankful that scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, that the Lord does not see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You see, guys, we are all born imperfect. And yet we are seen and we are loved by a perfect God. So Jesus has a different perspective when he sees this blind man. He has a, a godly perspective. He has a kingdom perspective that so many of us need to be able to have in our own lives. You see, rather than see the man as an opportunity for discussion, he saw him as an opportunity for God. Why was he blind? He said it wasn't because of his sins or his parents' sins. But this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Now that's a totally different perspective. The man wasn't a victim of fate. Instead, Jesus said, you know what? This guy here, he is a miracle that is waiting to happen. Jesus didn't label him. He loved him. And he helped him. Because the man had not been punished by God. He hadn't lost the cosmic lottery. And because of that was doomed to blindness. He, like you, was born with an imperfection. Maybe more intense than yours. Maybe not. And he, like you, was there in need of the healing power of God's grace. And he, like you, was there waiting for God to restore something that had been missing since Eden. Perfection. You see, none of us know what it means to be perfect physically and mentally and emotionally and even spiritually. That train left long ago when the first man and woman that created imperfection breathed life into by the very mouth of God. When they made their decision that being like God was going to be better than being worshipers of God. And ever since then, it's, it's all been the same. Boys and girls, men and women, all born into this world with imperfection. And so the man sat and he waited. He waited for the promise of Eden to return because that is what the prophets of God had been speaking, their message for centuries, that when the Messiah comes, imperfections would be turned into perfections. And so God would speak to the prophet Isaiah telling him, say to those who are fearful, say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer and the moot 
tongue shout for joy. That was the promise that came from the prophets saying that there's going to come a time when the grace of God is going to be revealed and when that grace comes there is going to be a total change because perfection will now be present. The people of God were told a day was coming when imperfections would be made into perfection. And for the blind man in John chapter 9, that day was when Jesus came walking by. Because the only way that anything that was going to change was by the very power of God's grace. And for that grace to work mightily in his life. The only way he sees is because God had grace for him. The only way you get sober, the only way your marriage survives, the only way you move on after a marriage has failed, the only way you withstand temptation, the only way you pick yourself back up after you have fallen to temptation, the only way you beat the cancer, the only way you deal with that second and third diagnosis is the power of the grace of God. You see, we're all living with some degree of imperfection and we are all in need of the power of God's grace. For some, that power is experienced right here and right now. Each of us must rely on God's healing to live and perhaps even overcome some of those things that are imperfect within our life. The depression and the addiction, our physical, mental, the emotional limitations that we have, even the spiritual blindness that we deal with. But some, Im some imp imperfections will not be overcome until perfection returns. There's a passage in your Bible. I don't know if you've ever read it. I don't know if you have glanced over it before. But I want you to see it this morning. It's from 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. And it's a verse that gives hope. It's a verse that encourages. It's a verse that gives strength to every parent who has ever cared for a child who could not care for themselves. To every spouse who had to live with some of the imperfections that were there in the husband and the wife. Dear friends, we are children of God. And we have not yet been shown what will be in the future. But we know that when Christ comes again, will you say it with me? We will be like him. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Those of you with imperfections, and by the way, that's you and that's me. Those of you that continue with the struggle, those of you that wonder why others can, can understand better than you can, while others can run faster, while others can speak better, while others don't have the medical history that you have, while others don't have the difficulty, why others don't have to, to live day in and day out with the pain that you have, when Christ returns, you will be like him. Perfect. I will be like him. Perfect. I will be like him. Because at the coming of Christ, God will restore all that this world in its sinful condition has sought to take away. Blind eyes will see. Deformed legs will run. 
Mouths that only mumbled before will shout with praise. Imperfection will become perfection. I know that there are many who are here in this room who can relate to the blind man. You can relate to him. You know what it means to be the topic of conversation. You know what it means to have family members talk about you. You know what it means to have people whisper when you walk down the hallway. You know what it means for social media to blow up because of something you have said or done or because of the person that you are. You've been left on the outside looking in. You know what it means to be labeled. You know what it means for people to feel sorry for you. If you understand the feelings of this blind man, then will you learn the lesson that he learned? When everyone else rejects you, Christ accepts you. When everyone else leaves you, Christ finds you. When no one else wants you, Christ claims you. And when no one else will give you the time of day, Jesus will give you the words for all eternity. And one day you'll be like he is. Maybe you are not one that's been labeled. Maybe instead you are the one that has been put, putting labels on others. You've compared always to yourself. Maybe you've even pitied because you've seen yourself as the standard of perfection. I suppose because it seems to be our default position, we have all been in that place at some time or another. Where we have rejoiced in our perfection and felt sorry for another for their imperfection. If that's the case for you, then I want you to hear anew something else that Jesus said when it came to this blind man. It's back in John chapter 9 and verse 4. I think it's the role that each of us have to share in this world when we are sharing the good news of God's grace. He says, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Church, we have got to continue the works of God in our world. He said, well, what are the works of God? What is it that I am trying to continue? What is it that I need to, to partner with Jesus? And I think he shows us. We must continue the works of God by leading with love. By refusing to label. By championing others. And by sharing our care and, and our compassion. You see, the only way things change is for the instrument of God's grace to appear. And so we will love instead of label. We will heal instead of hate. We will comfort instead of condemn. Again, a message that I learned last week. I showed you the picture of myself and Amber, but there were many other pictures. And you'll see a few of them scrolling right here. And I want you to notice something that's common in all the pictures. I want you to notice something that's in each and every one. 
You don't have to look close. You don't even have to squint. It jumps out at you as soon as you put your eyes on the photograph. When God's people continue the work of God, joining with Jesus, it's amazing the smile that comes from those who have been blessed. Until perfection returns, if we must label, then let's label others with grace and treat them accordingly. Because remember, we are all born imperfect and nothing changes until the grace of God is shared. Will you join me in prayer? Father, how, how did we ever come to see ourselves in such an exalted way? How is it that we have come to think of ourselves as being so strong and so smart, so witty, so mighty? How is it that we have come to look at ourselves in the mirror and feel for whatever reason that, that we are the standard that everyone else should be judged by? And Father, how is it in the midst of our pride you see us in our imperfection and give us grace. Father, we can't thank you enough for the love that you've poured out on us through Jesus. How that we have been the one who is blind, unable to see. And yet because of your grace, you have opened our eyes to a new life to a new understanding of the world around us and our role in it. Father, will you use this story to remind us again this morning that perfection is found only in you and that your love is for all. And Father, will you use this story as a source of strength for so many in this room who have, who have shown their worship to you by the way that they have served their children, by the way that they have served a parent, by the way that they have served a spouse, who because of the imperfection could not care for themselves. Strengthen them. Give them courage for another day to show your love and your grace. And Father, will you convict us all? Will you convict us so that we might be able to see those who are around us as you do? In no way comparing others to ourselves, but in every way 
in every way seeing one another as those who are in desperate need of your grace. For the grace that we receive here and now and for the way that it impacts our life, we thank you. For those who are struggling with their marriage, for those who are struggling to pick up the pieces after a marriage has fallen, for those who are struggling with their sobriety, for those who are dealing with temptation and fighting it day in and day out, for those who are crying out for your grace in the midst of the pain of their sickness. Father, I thank you for the power that you give us here now in this time and in this place. But Father, we rejoice in rediscovering this morning that there is coming a day when all the imperfections will be turned into perfection. And we long for that day and pray for it to be soon so that then we will be able to understand what true perfection is. Until that day, May we be your instruments of grace. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So you're imperfect. Maybe it's the first time you've heard it because your mom and dad always told you you were the best thing since sliced bread. Maybe they continue to tell you that you were their favorite. Maybe you continue to feel like you have just been God's gift to the creation around you. Will you hear the word of the Lord this morning? Your imperfection is real. And yet there is grace still for you. Many of the imperfections that we've talked about this morning have to do with our physical limitations, our, our mental um, lapses, the, the different ways in which emotionally we have difficulty understanding situations. But there is, there is an imperfection that we all have that has nothing to do with this body but everything to do with the soul. And it's because of sin that we... Because of sin, we deal with so many of the temptations, so many of the problems that we have because it seems like we have this desire within us constantly to go and do what is opposite of what God would have us to do. And yet there is grace. And so whenever we get together like this, we normally end our time of study as a reminder for those who are here, you know what, the grace of God is available to all. And if you'd like to be baptized into Christ, as we saw earlier, we would love to be able to rejoice with you as you say, you know what, I understand, I am imperfect, I am a sinful individual, and I long for the grace of God in my life because of who Jesus is as my perfect Savior. We want to give you an opportunity to come and say, I want to be baptized into Christ. Or maybe you've been the one who's labeled and you need to come and say, I just need the prayers of this church family. I need to have a different perspective. I want the perspective of Jesus. Or maybe you are one that's been labeled and you need to come before this church family and say, is there anybody here who will love me as I am? And the answer is yes. Church, you are an instrument of God's grace. Will you continue to show it as together we stand and sing?